Well, greetings and salutations, comic book fans. Welcome to another episode of the Superview Show's Mixed Bag, coming to you once again from the J Cave and many other caves as well. I am joined by not Bill tonight, Justin and Allie. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello. Hi. Yes, Bill is on, away on vacation, so they are here to help discuss a. Pick them out. Yeah, we, we basically got rid of him. It's okay. End of discussion. Bill's gone. Just kidding, everyone. He's he's okay. He's okay. He's alive. Uh, <laughs> we we hit him downstairs. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> don't worry. You cannot um, hit him in a secret location. If you can yeah, guess what hit, the secret we, location is, you will win some mixed bag swag. Yes, from our for our merch store. Just simply call it codename Fiji. Yes, <laughs> codename Fiji. They're right there for Bill. Um. Anyways, uh, as the title of this episode of Mixed Bag suggests. We are going to be talking about and breaking down some of our favorite comic book storylines. We have not done an episode like this in a little bit, um, in a long, I would say in a little while, truthfully. It's been a little bit since we've discussed this, uh, a topic like this. But I'm that's why we have Justin here, Allie's here as well. So that's so if you're listening to us, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And if you're watching us live, congratulations, you can now see our screen. Um, uh, as many of you may or may not know, Marvel and DC have been around for a long time, as well as other comic book uh, companies as well. IDW Publishing does other co- characters and stuff as well, like Transformers, Star Trek, G.I. Joe as well. Um, but one thing that I, I'm really glad we decided, we decided to do this, because there are so many great storylines that the movies and the studios have not adapted yet into their uh, cinematic universes. Or they, I mean, the Flash just did Flashpoint. We've had X-Men, Daisy, Future Past. We've had Avengers, Age of Ultron. These are all for the non-comic book community people. These are very, we're picking at some of our favorite comic book storylines that have either happened or haven't happened yet in the Marvel and DC universe. So I'm excited about this one. Uh, Oh, yeah, this this, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um. I'm actually a little more of a recent um, comic book um, fan. Um, like I, I jumped into the comic books a little later in life than a lot of other people have. Um, mm-hmm. But I say I think I have a pretty good basis of um, some really good storylines, and I have a top five of my favorite Marvel and the top five of my favorite DC. Awesome. I have no idea what we're talking about. I was just told, just come on, let's just hear your reaction. I barely read comic books, and it's a shame. The only person who I get my information of with Marvel DC is through my father. Well, hopefully we can change that tonight. Hopefully we can. There are some really, over the past, what, 40, 50, 60 years, even 70 years, there's been some really great stories. Probably 90. Probably not, take that back, 90, scratch that. And we look action comics number one anyone? Hello from nineteen thirty-eight with Superman. Bro, okay, come on. 85. Um, excuse me. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, we did the math wrong. It's okay. Hmm. Um, Justin, why don't you take it? Why don't you, why don't you take the reins from here for a minute and discuss some of your favorite? Well, why don't you start with your favorite, your top five Marvel comic book storylines that either have or have been in the movies yet? Go ahead. Okay, so Marvel. My number five is going to be, um, I'm going to say Al Ewing's uh, Immortal Hulk. 
Um, good, good pick. Right. Go on. I am not. I am not typically into horror comics, uh, or horror in general. But Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk was like it brought the Devil Hulk back into the Hulk lore, which was something we haven't really seen since I think the Peter David run. Okay. Um, you get a lot more, um, you get a lot more character development between Bruce and his late father, uh, David Banner, um, and how he still haunts Bruce to this very day. Um, we now see the, that the Hulk, at least the immortal Hulk is sort of like Bruce's protector of sorts. And he really does take up that role in this. You get a return of Joe fix it. Betty Brant gets shot in the head and turns into a demonic harpy. Um, and it just gets really gross and it's really cool. It's a really cool comic. Um, there's this one comic, one issue where Hulk is completely dismembered and is in jars, just jars, all of his body parts. This one scientist is like experimenting on him and come, um, sundown the next day. Because Hulk's back to the sun sunset uh, schedule of transformation, where if he um, it's where if he dies, he gets brought back to life at sunset. Even if he doesn't die, he turns. The night is the Hulk's time. There's this whole secret society known as Shadow Base trying to capture the Hulk on its power. Um, it's just a really fun read. You get some more lore about Mar the Marvel Universe in general with the one below all. It's just a really cool um, a really cool run of the of the J Giant. Awesome. Sorry, I I'm going out to grab food for uh, my folks. <laughs> no worries, it's okay. <laughs> um, do you, uh, is that it for Immortal Hulk? That's it for Immortal Hulk. All right, what is your number two for Marvel, buddy? Um, so my number four is going to be um, Dan Slott's uh, Spider-Verse. Ooh, good one. Um, now, I have two Spider-Man um, entries. This is my last favorite of them. It's the more bombastic um, event comic, but that's just it. It's it is an event and comic, and 
my other pick is a more character-driven comic. Um, but this is still a really cool comic. It really takes the idea of no, there are multiple Spider-Men out in the universe in the multiverse, and they're all gonna team up, and they really take that to its extreme. Um mm. He has to work with um, Superior Spider-Man, who is uh, Otto Octavius in Spider-Man's body. Um, he has to uh, work with Miles, Spider-Gwen, um, which this is really her first appearance. Um, basically, any Spider-Man you can think of. And other... Spider-Verse events would continue to add more. Um, they, they're all connected by something known as the Great Web. Um, they're being hunted by these um, multiversal vampires known as the Inheritors. Okay. Who are trying to eat all of the spider totems in the multiverse. Because okay. they are the tastiest, apparently. Mm. So the whole Spider-Verse is trying to take down the Inheritors. And it's it's actually a really cool comic. Um, there are some nods to... Um, to the movies. Um, there is a... Uh, They mentioned that there was uh, Spider-Man that looked like the guy from Seabiscuit and then the guy who looked like the guy from the social network. Um, it is a comic that I recommend. It inspired the whole um, It's a Spider-Verse movie franchise. So, Wow. If you take anything out of it, take that. Noted. Um and that's what he's back in this one, but he does die. Oh, okay. Cool. Is that all for your spider? Is that your second pick spider verse? It's going to be. What's that? Sorry. I don't know what's happening. My Wi-Fi is sucking right now. It's okay. Uh, Justin, are you, uh, is that it for your Spider-Verse pick? That is, that is it for my Spider-Verse pick. Okay. So then, then your number three for Marvel is which one? It's going to be Jonathan Hickman's um, House of X, Powers of X. Um, for no, pretty much no other reason except it changed the X-Men for a whole new generation. Um, no longer are they um, is it the good mutants versus the evil mutants versus humanity versus no, all of the mutant kind has gathered together under one umbrella, under one nation, that nation being Krakoa 
um, to finally have their place in the world and show their full potential. And boy, do they show their full potential. Some crazy shit happens in this where um, the X-Men conquer death. Wow. They have found the cheat code to death. And it involves five mutants creating this mutant chain. Um... And um, causing them to be able to hatch mutants from eggs. Wow. And transfer their consciousness into them through Cerebro, which is now always on Professor Xavier's head. Um, It's revealed that Moira McTaggart was a mutant all along and her mutant power is to um what you call to be reborn into uh a new timeline whenever she dies but she can only do it like 10 times and she's on her 10th life and she's the one who comes up with a scheme um she has lived lives where She's lived to be a thousand, and every time she's lived, the mutants lose eventually. Wow. So this is her, basically her last gambit. Ha ha. Ha ha. Bad jokes. See what I did there. Yes, we saw. We definitely heard you. Yep. Gambit, one of the X-Men. We go on. Um, and if this doesn't work, then the mutants are always destined to lose. Is it going to work? We'll find out this uh, fall in the fall of X. Wow. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. So, Passive X, Spider-Verse, what do you got next for your number four pick, buddy? Uh, My number four which is really my number two, right? Is Spider-Man Life Story by uh, Chip Zdarsky. Okay. Um, the basic concept of this is it's taking Spider-Man as he was from the sixties and. Um, and he just uh, lives his life mentally as if uh, time flows progressively all the way to the 2010s. Hmm. And what happens is it just takes so many spins on classic of the lore of Spider-Man, like how uh, Norman Osborn um, couldn't remember being the Green Goblin um, for the longest time until he was triggered to be to remembering 
um, Peter Parker ends up incriminating Osborne to prevent that from happening in the first place and ends up with Gwen. And it seems like they have her happily ever after, except they do the death of Gwen Stacy in a much different way in the next issue for the 70s. And it does that for all of Spider-Man's major moments up until the 2010s. They cover the Clone Saga. They cover um, Civil War. They cover Superior Spider-Man, Miles Morales. It's a really well thought out story. There was this one moment where it actually seemed like um, Otto Octavius reformed in the 70s, only for him to go back to his ways in the 90s. It's, I can't recommend it enough. It came out, I think, during the pandemic, like 2020. Okay. It is a joy. Awesome. Great pick for your number two. Sorry, not number four. And uh, your number one is of all Marvel storylines? Mark Wade's Fantastic Four run. I wasn't sure um, if you were going to bring up the Fantastic Four run. The Fantastic Four in general. This is the run that got me um, into the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, the movies that didn't do it. Nope. 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 Not at all. But go on. Um, the cartoon from the mid nineties was kind of interesting. Like I liked, uh, like that kind of helped me think. Oh, Ben Grimm's going to be one of my favorite. Ca- comic book characters of all time which he is um it's it's a run that really knows what makes the fantastic four tick and what makes it work in the modern day and the first issue nails it. The first issue of the run is a PR rep trying to make the Fantastic Four hip again. So he's shadowing the Fantastic Four on all these adventures and he comes to the realization that they don't need to be made hip because what makes them what makes them relevant is that they're a family. And I love that. Um, And then they do tackle the origin story a little bit. They retread it briefly in the beginning. And then Reed does a story, a story time to his daughter, Valeria, um, where he confesses that the moon that the accident was his fault because of his arrogance and he still blames himself and that he turned them into celebrities so that the world wouldn't hate them 
and it's just a powerful, powerful, um, powerful uh, story and unthinkable really ups dooms um asshole factor but uh-huh. Jesus I was a yeah cool. um but yeah I cannot recommend this story enough um each character gets their time to shine in the spotlight um you might not like read for a little bit of this, especially when they take over um, Latveria, because okay. that happens. Wow. Um, but the craziest thing that happens in this is when one of them dies, I'm not going to spoil who, the remaining three has to go to heaven to bring them back to life. And they encounter a god who is, guess who? Who? Jack Kirby. Oh, my God. I want this run adapted into a movie so bad. I want that storyline in general adapts into a movie so bad. I want someone dressed up like Jack Kirby in a movie. That would be incredible, just saying. Because Stan has gotten so much love in the movies. I think Jack needs some love. I I don't disagree with you whatsoever. I mean, I think Stanley has gotten a plenty of love while he was alive and stuff like that. So I think that this is showing Jack Kirby some love would be nice too. Because I mean, the guy collaborated so much with them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy, crazy, crazy. So is that your top? Those are your top five Marvel. That's my top five uh, Marvel. Awesome. Uh, do you want to go to your DC or do you want to go over to my Marvel? It's up to you. Uh, let's go over to your DC because that'll give me time to uh, pick up the food and all that. <laughs> of course. As we know, we are doing this live on well, YouTube, on YouTube, so why not? <laughs> um, anyways. So, no, you're good. I actually have a total of six in no particular order. Just some of the ones that like have resonate the most with me, I guess. As far as like the um the different DC because now we're going to over to DC we're gonna go back to Marvel in a minute when I share my Marvel picks in a minute but like some of my favorite storylines from DC man they I mean you want to talk about craziness but Crisis on Infinite Earths like the original yes, run from I, the I feel like you're gonna mention Crisis I mean it is like the one of the most iconic. DC crossover events ever. Ali, if you're not aware of this, pay attention really quick. Uh, I mean, there's there's a reason why when people talk about DC, we talk crisis. Yeah. Was that Justin? I I was going to say there is a reason why we all refer, when we all talk about DC, we talk either pre-crisis or post-crisis. And this is the event that 
started that. Wow. So great, um, to make the very, very like short, condensed Cliff Notes version of this, basically uh, the Earth's, the different universes of DC. Uh, Justin's going to back me up on this in a second. Yeah, um, basically. I'm good. Thank you. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. So basically, the DC universes started to cross over into each other. It's creating a yes, a crisis on Earth. So, like Superman Earth One and Superman Earth One was interfering with Earth Five. It gets very convoluted, but basically, it's when the the different universes of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman started to, started to clash with Earth Two through was it seventy two? Oh. Wow. Is that right? Jesus, I thought it was I thought there were only 52 worlds. Oh, sorry. You're right though. I I, I thought it was 70 for whatever reason. You're right though. It's 52 does sound right. But so basically all these heroes and villains started to cross over in different types of their different their same worlds on Earth 1. We're we're really pushing the boundaries here as far as nerd goes. Uh, like Earth one was interfering with Earth two, was interfering with Earth three, and all these heroes were crossing over to different universes. Uh, that's the the very very basic simple version. Of it. So Crisis Infinite, Earth, they've done it a couple of times throughout DC's history, and they did it a lot in the eighties. But it was a very big thing back then, and it still is now. So had to mention Crisis and Infinite Earths, one of the biggest DC storylines of all time. Now. If you want to get a little more simple with DC and not just go to, um, you know, something that's really complex with like a crisis situation. Yeah, but, that was my mistake when I was first getting into comics. I tried going straight into the crisis on the infinite earth. It did not go well. No, it, 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 it's very convoluted. It's very confusing. So if you can talk about, if you can lead into it, that's one storyline you could definitely look into. But one another storyline that's actually, I think the, I, I think this movie did a lot more. I think the movie did the this storyline justice in a sense. Ha, huh? justice, ha, huh? justice league. Um, that's a bad joke. Wow, it was Flashpoint? I think that the Flash movie did a pretty good, uh, the best job it could. Um, I think the movie did a, a good job with it too. Idea, not a great job, but it did a good job delivering with that, with the Batman element. The story was good. Not yes. great. Good. Yes, thank you. Thank uh, you. Um, the effects were atrocious. What, in the in the movie? Oh my god. Yeah, nah, that, in the Flash movie itself, they were like, it cost a lot of money, but still, it was like a lot of time to, yeah. Let's not talk about the effects. <laughs> but at least, at least the story, at least the, I, I, as a as a general fan of both the comic books and the movies, watching the Flash movie unfold on screen was actually, I, it made sense to me. Yeah. To me, it made sense as well. Um, yeah. There are quite a few people out there that were like, I did not understand the story of this. And, I was, and I'm watching this. I was like, I can follow this fine. It it all depends on who you are, unfortunately, with that story with the flash one. Because for those who don't know, Barry Allen Flash goes back in time to 
stop his mother from dying. And then he has causes cause and effect of like different, different types of um, uh, different like re- results of doing that. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you've seen the Flash movie, it's the closest you're going to get to understanding the storyline in a visual aspect outside of reading a comic book uh, or reading a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the best storyline to tackle for your first movie, though. I that's that like a trilogy movie. Oh, what I wanted, it definitely was a very it was hard to tackle that to begin with. I, I, when they first said we're doing Flashpoint, I said, Are you okay, Warner Brothers? <laughs> like, that's a yeah. lot, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, um, like, I think it was pretty obvious what they were trying to do, like, they wanted to use that as a potential. Uh, fail safe reset. Oh, for sure. They wanted to make sure that this, if they want to reset the universe, they can. They found <laughs> plot points to do it. So, yep. So, that is one of my other ones is Flashpoint. Um, I'm actually going to touch, uh, I had Injustice on here because I think the storyline is really cool. But I, I think, in, I mean, in, in, the Injustice, I'll touch on it for a sec. The Injustice storyline, it's, it's a video game as well. But the Injustice story, for those of you who don't know, this is also an animated movie as well. This game and this movie, uh, this story is Injustice Gods Among Us is insane. Long story short, the Joker blows, sets a bomb to go off in Metropolis and therefore killing Lois Lane in the process and killing Superman's unborn child. Kind of dark stuff. Um, a little bit reversed, actually. Sorry, go ahead. Fix me. Go so, ahead. The Joker gassed Superman with kryptonite lace um, fear toxin, scarecrow fear toxin, and tricked him into thinking that Lois was doomsday. Yes, thank you. Sent her flying into the atmosphere, killing her and his unborn child, triggering a device um, surgically placed on her heart that triggered a nuclear bomb in Metropolis. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and for those who don't know, Superman is basically a god. He can, but he has to keep a lot of that in check. Because if he goes loose, he's going to rip shit apart no matter what. He's going to destroy everything and anything in its path. And a lot of the heroes took sides in this and stuff. It was crazy. If you play the game and you watch the 2021 movie, you'll understand it a little bit better than we just explained it. But it's fascinating, DC. Because let's not forget, Superman, if he turns off that, like, oh, you know what? I don't need to save people. I can just kill whoever I want. He's literally unstoppable outside of Kryptonite. Yeah. So like Batman and a bunch of heroes side with Batman, a bunch of heroes side with Superman, and injustice happens, and it's madness. So that's a little something for you right there. It's very, very, it's a little scary. Too. Truthfully, it is a little scary. Um, to to think the process, but it, it does happen. So uh, that's why they call it comic books. Uh, but injustice, I, I, I wasn't going to touch on it. Give me uh, two minutes. Good. Um, injustice is something I was not going to touch on, but I figured, you know, why not just touch on it anyways? Um, 
So another one that I want to touch on is a, more of a strictly a bat alley. This might interesting. Yeah, you. I played in the Injustice game, and yeah. that was a a lot of fun. And um, I follow a comic historian on YouTube, so I listen to him. Injustice here, one to five. Uh, prequel comic series, which yeah, that is an amazing comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it and the game itself. I played the game. It's crazy. It's just it's madness. Um. All right. So let's it's go. Gonna over. interest me. Okay. What is it? All right. All right. You like Batman? Who doesn't like Batman? Which Batman are we talking about? We're talking about eighties Batman for a second. Not not movie wise, but this uh, comic book run. Eighties uh, Batman. Okay. But when I say when I say this when I say this story, Justin is gonna either go flip out in a good way or a bad way. I'm not sure what he's gonna say, but the Killing Joke. Killing Joker. The Killing Joke run, and not the Joker, but Killing Joke from the 1980s. Oh, is 88, I believe. 88. Justin, before you say anything, I just want to explain what this is. So, long story short, actually, I shouldn't say long story short. We have have plenty of time. Uh, Basically, (laughs) Alan Moore, who's a great comic book artist and a great writer, too. Uh, Alan Moore, um, the Joker finds a way. I am. Um, and Justin's going to correct me on this in a second. Um, Justin's going to fix me on this in a second. But this is a, a story where basically the Joker kills Robin. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Batgirl. No, no, don't, don't kill anyone, actually. Oh, sorry. Go he ahead. Oh, really? Oh, no. He crippled Batman or Batgirl? I forgot. The Killing Joke is the one That's where something. he cripples Batgirl. <laughs> it's the origin of the Joker and um, tries to drive Commissioner Gordon insane. Thank you. Yes. Which one? I'm thinking the wrong one then. Which one was I thinking? Death of? in the Gordon? family you're thinking of. Thank you. Sorry about that. Anyways, this is, both are great, but I'm, uh, let me go back to what I was actually thinking of. Death in the family. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Uh, comic book. Sorry. I was thinking of the wrong thing. Sorry, everyone. Wrong thing. Uh, anyways, this is a great graphic novel by Jim Starlin. Mm-hmm. Fan freaking tastic story. Thank you. I couldn't think of the name of that. I thought it was Killing Joke for whatever reason because like, he kills you know Robin or whatnot. But yeah. Um, I'm gonna take over for a second. So basically, for those you don't know, a, a death in the family. It's ah, man, it is some dark stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's this is where I don't even want to know how Robin dies in this. He he basically so the long so the, what happens is the Joker uh finds Robin and he basically beats Robin to death and then he, it, it's graphic. It's really it's graphic. Sounds but like a Hunger Games right there. It actually kind of is. Speaking um, of Hunger Games, check out our simulator. Yes, another podcast we did. Uh Death in the Family is dark stuff. It, it really took Batman back to the forefront as well as comic book sales. Uh, it, they they killed off the Tim. Dr- no, no, no. The Dick Grayson. Tim. Uh, Dick Grayson. Who is the second Robin? I forgot. Oh. I forget because there's been different Robins over the years, but right now it's Damian Wayne, which is Bruce Wayne's biological child. Mm. Um, but Batman. 
Um, it's a set. Like, basically, Robin gets really beat up, and then he basically blows up the. Uh, he blows up a warehouse where Robin is, and Batman's trying to save him in time. But then, Batman has to. Um, Batman is not in time to save Robin, so Robin dies. Trying to oh, Jason Todd, thank you, thank you, Google. I wasn't sure which one it was. The Jason Todd Robin dies, and therefore he has to get my favorite Robin, Tim Drake. Tim Drake is a great run as well. Uh, that's my favorite Robin to begin with. But the Batman Death in the Family, it's dark, man. There's like, like we, you got to remember too, in the 60s, we have the Batman we knew was like, golly, Batman, like the raw Batman around uh, the Adam West Batman. Which I love. I met Adam West at one point. He was hysterical. Rest in peace, Adam West. We miss yes. you. R.I.P. to Adam West. But Adam we. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> uh, the best Adam... bear in Quahog. Oh, 100%. Totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, long story short. Um, in the 60s, we and in the late 70s, we had a different style of Batman. And it led to this 1988 graphic novel run of Batman and Death in the Family, where Robin basically just dies. And oh. it's just, they just think the Joker kills him and he beats him to death. It's, it's sad, sad, sad stuff. Oh. The Joker is just, it really shows how crazy the guy is. Um, but Death in the Family is one of my favorite DC storylines ever by any, any run of Batman, any run of, you know, just in general, it's it's crazy. Like it's just it's it's sad stuff, but it's he, like the Joker basically beats up. He basically kills Jason Todd with a crowbar, and then he blows up the building, which is nuts. Wow, it's nuts. It's a really sad story as well. I mean, it really shows the Joker how how he he is. Um, but yeah, if you haven't read, worse than the Joker Batman, movie. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what's the Joker movie? You had me at that. It's, I might can, if I can find it, I'll try and read it. Oh my god, yeah, definitely. It's a graphic novel worth reading. Uh, it came out, like I said, nineteen eighty-eight. So if you, it, the oh. the artwork is from then, but hey, it's still. I'll try to see if I can find it. Yeah, definitely. Um, the last one I have for DC, and then I guess Justin, whenever he comes, I can. Justin start with has one. left. We've kicked Justin out. Actually, no, Justin beat in. Okay, he's not sharing his food with us. But he's eating. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> but my favorite Batman story is about to be told on the Super Review Show. Ooh, which one is that? The Dark Knight Returns. The Dark Knight Returns. So this is what Batman and versus Superman was heavily based on. Unfortunately, oh. the, the execution of the movie was not as what what, what we all hoped it was going to be. The execution sucks for that movie. Yeah, it was rough. To, they added they added a lot of stuff that shouldn't that should not have been in there. It should have been a strictly a Batman versus Superman movie. Just the the two of them, no Doomsday, no. It it should have been that. I still like the extended cut, like the three and a half hour cut. That, that I like that version a lot, truthfully. But this is the storyline it was based on. Cool. I have this in graphic novel form somewhere lying around my house. Uh-huh. Everyone should. Everyone should have. If you're a comic book fan, this is the Batman story to read. Batman is uh, retired. He's he's 40 or 45 years old at this point. Bruce Wayne is 40 or 45 years old. For those of you who don't know. 
Batman comes out of retirement and with a new Robin called Carrie Kelly. Carrie Kelly comes out of nowhere and she Wait, is a Carrie's part- a girl, guy, or- girl. It's a girl Robin. Ooh, girl. And See, Batman- that's what I need in the DCEU if they were Robin. I agree. They were, I think they're working on it. I'm not sure though. But uh, but yeah, basically, this is basically Batman comes out of retirement. He's still a physical beast because crime in Gotham has gone up so much since he's been gone. And Batman's like, I need to get, get out of retirement. I need to change my ways. I need to kick ass again. So he does. And then Superman, of all people, is sent to stop this vigilante known as Batman. And Batman and Superman enter the best fight that has ever been in comic book history. Wow. You know and, and I'm going to quote this. I'm going to quote the pages right here where it's like, um, this is now, mind you, Batman beats Superman. This is what it was based on. Batman beats Superman in this fight. Okay. I know because I know everyone comes in, oh, Superman's a god. Yeah, but Batman finds a way no matter what. Batman will always find a way to beat the thing. Wait a minute. So remind me in the movie, Batman does beat Superman too in that, correct? He defeats Superman in there because uh, well, in the movie version, they did a Kryptonian armor that was left over that Batman kind of found and then just like found oh, a way to get Kryptonite. Okay. And that's how he defeated Superman in the movie. The graphic novel is very similar. Uh, but the the this when they announced this movie too, you know, it's funny. They yeah. actually announced that they announced Batman versus Superman. And they quoted the graphic they read right from the pages of this book it's and the quote goes like this just bear with me everyone i've always wanted to read this on air um i want you to remember clark in all the years to come i want you to remember in your most private moments i want you to remember the one man who beat you wow chills right i got chill give chills to myself because batman and Superman became the biggest, the, the 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 two most, the two best characters of all time are Batman and Superman. And the fact that this story came out, and it, a classic, classic graphic novel, classic story, one hundred. But Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. If you have never read it, it is probably the best version of Batman you're ever going to read as as a comic book fan, as a graphic novel fan. Yeah. A lot, and it's funny. A lot, when they first announced the Batman vs Superman movie, not a lot of people recognized it. Not, lot, but the people who did were like, "Oh my god!" They were like, started to gasp and whatnot. But this is a great, probably one of the best stories that Batman has ever been involved in. The Dark Knight Returns, and it's not the Dark Knight Rises. That's Christopher Nolan's third film. This is the original, like the OG version of that. The Dark Uh-oh. Knight. Uh, it is a great, great, great story about how Batman shows that he is the best. No, maybe not the best, but like, but definitely like, hey, you know, I can still kick Superman's ass no matter what. After being 45 years old, too, almost 50. That's nuts. So, yeah, wow. definitely a great story. I wish Justin was not eating dinner and he was actually live with us right now. So you can sit here and share more stories. We're going to watch and comment while we're doing this. He probably He's will. commenting. Frank Miller, though, if you if you guys aren't familiar with Frank Miller, get on him. He's a Sin City. The guy's done a lot of great stuff. Frank Miller's a great combo writer. All right. He's... I just and they literally ripped right out of it too. Like the, if, if for those of you are, who haven't Googled the Dark Knight Returns comic, the actual costume that Ben Affleck wore in Batman vs Superman is identical to one of the book. It's very, very, very similar to like the big bulkiness, the shorter ears. It's very much that. Um, it's very, very much is that like 
um, that the Dark Knight Returns outfit we got in Batman vs Superman, that's as close to you as you're going to get to seeing that form of Batman on screen. Whether you like the movie or not, that's one thing. But at least to see that version of Batman, that's what you get. I think it's pretty cool. But the Dark Knight Returns, best version of Batman ever, in my opinion. Best story we've ever gotten of him, in my opinion. That's just me. Um, that is all of my... I had Superman Doomsday. That's another story for another time. That's kind of when like Superman gets killed. And Doomsday... And it, but, get killed? All right, I'll touch on it. My last pick for DC. Superman Doomsday. The comic book. It's basically where Superman and Doomsday... Ha- basically brawl it out. Doomsday is this like Superman like being, but and he basically kills Superman. He kills, kills Superman. But isn't he like invincible? He is, but Superman, it's it's difficult to say. Superman is a god. Doomsday is a god. Try to imagine God's brilliant. One's gonna die no matter what. Oh. So the the death of Superman run was very interesting as well. I mean they brought him back unfortunately like he came back from the dead or whatever. And then that really struck critics of comic books for a long time. But Superman is Superman. And the Doomsday storyline, Superman Doomsday is great. It's a really fun run from the um, the 1990s, I want to say. But Superman Doomsday, great run. It involves the death of, literally the death of Superman, um, which is I'm wondering if we're going to ever get that as a movie. We got it as an animated movie. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get like a live. We kind of got it with live action and Batman versus Superman with that creature that happened. That was kind of it. But yeah. So welcome back, good sir. Thank you. Where's my Appreciate dinner? Uh, McDonald's. <laughs> What'd you have? Uh, Tim McDouble's large fry. Good man. Okay. Uh, first of all, I don't like McDonald's. So okay. that's good. It is good. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, Justin, you you missed me talking about the Dark Knight Returns, and uh, a little overrated, in my opinion, actually. Oh, oh. Damn, you. <laughs> damn you! That's such a great story, too. I um, okay. I'm one of those. I'm sorry. I'm one of those uh, Frank Miller haters. Oh no, I I see why, but the story is phenomenal. You have to admit. I like the whole thing between him and the Joker. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, um, and then I touched on. I, I didn't want to go too much into it, but Superman Doomsday. It's one of my favorite ones. So I gotta show you something really quick. Yeah, what's up? It's from the. This one's from the nineties. This run. Uh, so. So for those of you watching us live. to. Uh... DC Infinite Ultra, which is the um, the best subscription. You get to see, you get to read the comics a month after they get released. Well, they sent me this. Can you pull that a little closer? Sorry about talking to our listeners out there. Let's see. What is that? It's the 30th anniversary deluxe edition of the death of Superman. Whoa. Oh, wow. Nice. That's and I think fun. it includes the reign of the Superman as well. That's a whole nother story for another time. <laughs> uh Oh, did I just open up another can of worms? 
you did. We, we could talk about DC all day. I still we still have to get to our, my my Marvel picks too. So, ah uh, yes, and then your DC picks. So, yeah, um, those are my uh, my uh, DC picks. We're Crisis on Infinite Earths, The Dark Knight Returns, Flashpoint, Killing Joke, Injustice, and Superman Doomsday. Great reads. If you can go to your local Barnes and Noble and get a copy, go ahead. So, do you want me to go over to my Marvel and then you go over to your DC? Uh, however you want to do it. Uh, well, since I just went, since you went Marvel D- and then I went over to DC, why don't I do Marvel and then you go back over to DC? Is that okay? Okay, that's fine. All right, cool. All right, so for Marvel, now totally different ball game with Marvel. Marvel's a very different ball game completely. I will always say that Batman is one of the best superheroes of all time. Whereas Marvel has the better teams. I've always said that from the get-go. I think that Marvel has the better teams compared to like the Justice League. I mean, Justice League is great, but like what outside of Justice League, what else do you have that's like pre- predominantly known? You know well, what I mean? The Titans. Outside of that too. I mean, you have X-Men, you have Avengers, you have Fantastic Four, you have Defenders. I mean, if you want to go that technical, but like, I don't know. Even, even, um, what's that one? I can't think of it. Um, all right, whatever, whatever. I think he's getting the Doom Patrol uh, some uh, love now. That's true. Um, but look, talking about Marvel, it's funny you mentioned Frank Miller. I am a huge. Where is going? Where's it going? <laughs> I'm talking about Daredevil. My favorite Marvel hero is Daredevil. Mm-hmm. That might uh, you know exactly. He knows this. Is I going. know exactly where you're going. I. Love Born Again. Daredevil's Born Again. Uh, the comic book is unbelievable. It's like when they make Daredevil a Catholic. They make him like, I'm sorry. I, I know you're not like the biggest Frank Miller guy, but this run of Daredevil is really good, man. They make I like, might give it a read. Okay. All because, right. because I have heard that it's like one of the best. It is this the one it, that's being rebooted? I think so, right? Yes, but I have a feeling it's not going to be a, a real faithful adaptation of Born Again. It's Disney. No. Yeah, that's so we're not going to get like the Netflix version. Probably no. not. Even though I was so glad that Daredevil got involved in the MCU, starting with No Way Home. Yeah. And yeah. one episode of She-Hulk. And oh. one episode of She-Hulk, yes. I'm wondering if She-Hulk's going to be part of this series. I hope not. No offense. I mean, they're dating, so... There goes Born Again. Um, <laughs> if you read Born Again, you really want a Daredevil Netflix-style show, show again. That is crazy. Yes. I actually have this exact graphic novel right here. The Daredevil Born Again wow. with this exact cover. Uh, for those of you who are listening to us, you won't be able to see it. Just Google Daredevil Born Again comic, and you'll see like a black cover with him, like in front of a church. Like, I mean, it's um, it's the same thing as with uh, Age of Ultron. It it was it resembled nothing of the comic book Age of Ultron. It was more like a day and a half of Ultron. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! That's actually that run is on my list. I'm just I'll go to that in a second, but like, yeah. <laughs> I've also came to the realization I was just thinking about I'm reading it. I didn't realize zombies. The whole comic Ooh. book. 
Right because first off, my favorite what if episode is the zombies episode. I didn't touch on that. I mean, I the whole Marvel zombies thing and what if is. I'll be honest. Uh, I, I didn't realize it. No, you're you're fine. But dude, I hope they do a zombie series. They are. I'm ready for it. And it's you haven't TV watched mature. what if watch what if. It's gonna be TV mature. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. It has to be. I know it has to be. It's Marvel Zombies. I mean, yeah. Um, what I was gonna say was though, with uh, back to Daredevil though, because boarding it, boarding it, they really took the kingpin and really made him into a, a a fantastic villain in this story. It is so good. I'm sorry. I mean, I know there's Frank Miller haters out there and stuff like that, but this run of Daredevil made him like the more popular character, one of the more popular characters to begin with. It did. So I love it. That's just me. I know Justin his kind of thinks like Frank Miller is an overrated writer, if I'm not mistaken. He has mannerisms that I just find from laughable to annoying. That's fair. I, I can agree with that. Um, but yeah, Born Again is oh my god, Sin City. Um, but yeah, Born Again is fantastic i love me some daredevil born again it's so iconic to me and like there's certain like, he made daredevil a cat what writers make a superhero like will have a religious angle that's so that was so fascinating to me how he did that i mean they did that with nightcrawler that's true i forgot about that but like but i mean but as far as like a main like a, a regular mainstream hero though come on that's crazy with board again, I mean, he's the perfect B superhero like to do that with too. I mean, he was it was so iconic too. I'm sorry, I'm going off. So and like Matt Murdock comes back and the nuns find him and it's if you have a chance to read Daredevil Born Again, I highly highly recommend it personally as a as a and if you're looking for more Daredevil goodness, plug for this guy on Instagram and Twitter. What are not Twitter? Um. Instagram. He it's a website called uh, the man without fear.com. I, I follow his Instagram account too. He is a daredevil hardcore fan. He collects everything daredevil related, related hats, statues, graphic novels, Legos. He's, he's crazy. Awesome. I love his, I love his posts and stuff like that. He actually has daredevil number one from 1964 and he has a rare copy of it. So he's a hardcore daredevil fan. Something about it just appeals to him. And um, yeah. But Man Without Fear on Instagram, plug for you, whoever, whoever you are, your account is great. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, um, Daredevil. Why don't you give a brief synopsis of what Born Again is all about, though. So Born Again, Justin, you're going you're to have to correct me if I'm wrong on any points. In this. Sure. I, have not, I've, I've never, I've not read this in a while, but I, I love it, though, from what I read. Uh, basically, I'm drawing a blank. Can you fill me in for a sec? I'm sorry. So the kingpin has put out a hit for any information on Daredevil's identity. Well, Karen Page knows that identity and she is now a heroin addict and sells Daredevil's identity for a fix. And that identity makes its way over to the kingpin 
who proceeds to make uh, Matt Murdock's life hell. Gangnam disbarred, um, taking his house. Um, it's just one thing after another after another until he's completely broken down and then he has to bring himself back up again. Um, you have characters like Nuke making appearances. Um, that's what I know about it. Okay. And you're not far off. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. I, I was drawing a blank on what specifics there were. This is a gr- I mean, I just... Stanley's great at creating characters, but Frank Miller took it to another level in this case, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's the one. And the Netflix show, the three three seasons we got there, was v- as close to that as you can get. So what do you consider about with the Defender series, too? With, what is it? Daredevil, Punisher, Jessica Jones? I forgot the last one. Iron Fist. Defenders. The comic book Defenders are nothing like the the TV show Defenders. Absolutely not. So the comic book Defenders consists of the Hulk, Mm. Namor, Silver Surfer and Doctor Strange. Silver Surfer, Doctor Strange. Wow. Hawkeye. Whoa. Um... Yeah, there, there were not one of them were in the original Defenders um, from the TV show. No. Partly because Marvel didn't have the rights to Silver Surfer and stuff like that. And like they had Doctor Strange coming down the line, but nothing yet. So I, I just don't understand why they couldn't come up with a different name. Yeah, like the New York Street team. I don't know. <laughs> That's a terrible name, but. Heroes for Hire. Or that too. Well, Luke Cage and Iron Fist could have been that. Mm. So, I don't know. Born Again. Thank you, Justin, for filling me and I was drawing a blank there. Uh, but check it out. Check out um, Born Again. By I got a lot more to go through here. Forget, we're going to be for another two hours. <laughs> Let's see if we can crack that three-hour mark again, you know? Oh my god! Oh my gosh! We there's one time we were, we were here for three hours. We're already in an hour, so why not? Um, we might actually who knows. Uh, let's see. So Daredevil, Born Again, one of my probably one of my favorite Marvel runs. Um, now with Fox being before they bought before, before they were purchased by Disney, we did get X Men Apocalypse. <sighs> Hear me out now. Listen, but the actual storyline of X Men: Age of Apocalypse. Have you ever read the 1990s run of this? Have I haven't. This? Bro. But I know of it. All right. I'm going to nerd out here for a second. Ready? So Charles yeah. Xavier's son, who's kind of a psychopath, gets um, Charles Xavier's son, who's a psychopath. He's got multiple personality. Anyways, and he goes back in time to try and kill uh, Charles Xavier's arch nemesis, Magneto, back in time. Okay. Back when they were friends. Back when they were friends. Yes. Yes. Uh, now Magneto, sorry, per, per, uh, Charles Xavier sacrifices himself, protecting Magneto because they're friends from this Legion guy, and then therefore Magneto 
was so moved, he performs the X-Men in honor of his friend Charles Xavier. And in the process of him going back in time, he produces a new villain called, like I'm talking like a super strong character uh, with Apocalypse. Apocalypse is an age, oh, a super old being from ancient Egypt. And he, he, he this whole run is phenomenal. But the X-Men Age of Apocalypse storyline is incredible. It's like just nonstop, like, and there's different, like, a bunch of regular mutants that are villains in our regular timeline are now part of the X Men, and they have to take down this, like, this form of uh, this this X this uh, apocalypse guy. You want to talk about crazy storylines? This is a crazy storyline, but it's so good though. At the same time, I know about Age of Apocalypse mostly because um, I played the X Men Legends video games. Oh, nice. <clears throat> and the second one was Rise of the Rise of Apocalypse, which took a lot of cues from Age of Apocalypse, um, even including everyone's uh, Age of Apocalypse uh, costumes as skins. Yeah. Um. Also included uh, the Sugar Man as uh, one of the uh, horsemen. Included. Uh, Colossus' brother, Mikhail, as a horseman. Yep. Um, I don't know what they were thinking about naming uh, a mutant holocaust. Mm. but Yeah, that's, yeah. Kind of a line crosser. But yeah. Um, I was always fascinated by this run yeah but never enough to like delve into it that's fair i'll give you that mostly because it's a 90s 90s comic and i know all about the reputation of 90s comics yeah no i i i completely got you there what i am saying though is that this but this is like the the movie was not necessarily based on this but just loosely based on like the apocalypse run there though no Mm, Am I wrong? I feel like it's more based on like the X Factor apocalypse, like when it was first introduced in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would be better if they did Age of Apocalypse. I mean, if, I mean all hell and all, all hail, all and, and Sabonior. And Sabonior. Yeah, thank you. That's apocalypse right there. Yeah, but this this run in the nineties was. Do you talk about crazy? Also, this is the run that gave us X Man. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Like I, I, I like, there have been some really good X Men. I mean, X Men have known have been known to have great storylines over the years. So the best storyline comic, comic book and the movie and the series. What's that, Allie? And that's with all three comic book movie and series. Uh, I would say more of the comic books. Like I'm gonna get to one in a second. That I mean was a very close adaptation of the actual book. But I'm gonna of the two wrote the two books. But I'm gonna like the movies and the movies, the comic books and the comic books. They're two different mediums. You know what I mean? Hmm. So that's just me though. Um, okay. The X Men: Age of Apocalypse. If you have not checked it out yet check it out really 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 good 
really, really, really good, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to stick with the X-Men for a second there, my good friend, and my fearless co-host. Uh, X-Men, Executioner song, again, oh. from the 90s. This was a great run. I actually have all the I actually have all the original comic books too. It was not just an X Men run; it was also like a the Executioner's song story uh, was actually also from uh, it spanned like the X Force books. It spanned the X Factor. It was the, a whole, the whole X line, the whole X line. Yeah, the whole X Men, X Force line. This is all one big run of the Executioner's song story. I, I, like the, the, the whole the whole run of it. This was definitely it for sure. Um, have you ever read this, Justin? I have not. So basically in the late, mid to late 90s, Marvel was pumping out a bunch of X-Men stories, and this is one for sure that was really, really, really good. The Executioner's song run is incredible. Like, it's really good. Um, I don't know much about the story. All I know is that it was it lasted a ton of different, a ton of different X-Men X factor, like different X-Men teams had to team up to stop this one guy in the early nineties with uh, the executioner song story. And then how, and how they, how you knew it was executioner song story was because the X-Men, when you bought the, I actually have a bunch of these. When you bought the comic book, you actually had the executioner. uh, There was a little plastic sleeve over the comic book when you bought it. Mm -hmm. Really? And if you go like to buy one of these comic books now, it, some of them still have that little sleeve on it. They might be worth something too. So, oh wow, yeah, I have a, a lot of them still to this day. I never took them out because they're like just there in a box somewhere, hidden away from the public. So, so yeah, yeah. Usually they just have like a header or a footer that says like part one of five of blank. Yeah, like it. It said part one or part two, but it, it was like it was across different like. Books, right? It was an X Men crossover saga. That's what it was. I'm trying to think of what it was called. Yeah, so it was it was like in the early '90s it came out. It was an 11 part thing, really good story. And plus, it was one of the it brought like it was like kind of like before X Men Age of Apocalypse. It was this was kind of before it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's good. if you want to talk about '90s comic books and the artwork too, my God, the artwork is incredible on these. I love them. I love. I was a sucker for this artwork back then. <laughs> I was. So. So good. So good. Got to keep it up. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if you can tell. I was a big X Men reader back in the day. Huge X Force reader. I wanted a cable. I wanted an X Force movie so bad. You have no <laughs> idea. I really did. Um. Anyways, long story short, Executioner song. Another good story by the X Men as well. Uh, another one of my picks from the X-Men. Well, you're, I'm guessing you're a huge fan of the X-Men. I am. and uh, like it took, it took us like, what, 14 years to get Sentinels in X-Men Days of Future Past? Well, you had them at the beginning of the Lost Stand. Yeah, but they weren't like, they was like in the training room. They weren't like in like the dominant part of like the movie. You know? I'm just saying, sorry about that. I'm just joking about all right. Fair enough. X-Men Days of Future Past. Allie, if you want, do you like the X-Men at all? You like the characters and stuff like that? Say that again. Do you like the X-Men in general? Like the characters? 
I haven't. The only X Men movie I saw was Days of Future Past. So. Okay. 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 Um, X Men Days of Future. Well, it was past. the best movie for a reason. It mm. was the. There were four major combo movies that year. There was Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, X Men: Days of Future Past, The Amazing Spider-Man Two, and Guardians of the Galaxy One. I still, to this day, I think Days of Future Past was the best one that year. Uh, debatable, yes. But uh-huh. That's just me. That's just me. Um, I, mean, I it, it, it's above Amazing Spider-Man Two, for sure. But Winter Soldier and GOTG One, that was it is tough. I will say that was a pretty good year. So. But I have to admit, this is Days of Future Past. I actually have these two original books, X-Men 141 and 142. I have original pressings of them as well. Original like books. Yeah, I I got them before the movie was announced. The moment the movie movie was announced, it's like, let me just get these. And then boom. What happens is um, basically mutants are being wiped out by sentinels. Uh, they are mutant finders, they are mutant killers, and they will find and kill all mutants alive. The movie did a very, very, very good job re- representing that, in my opinion, especially the opening of the movie as well. Um, but the storyline, like Colossus dies, Cyclops dies, and the comic books, and it's up to Kitty Pride and Wolverine to go back in time to... It's up to them to go back in time and basically stop the sentence from being created from the, from the get-go and from the, to start with. Really, really, really interesting story, and I love it to death. It's like an 82, 83. I forget. Great story, though. Fantastic. So, such so one of the most iconic uh, Marvel covers, too, of any comic book. Yes. With like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, you know, like the, the slain, the apprehended, all these different characters, and Wolverine's like, and Kitty probably the only ones left. So it's very, it's a really, and the movie, I thought the movie actually was an incredible return to forefront with the X-Men in general. I mean, as far as the movies go, like I love first class and I love X-Men one and two. We had a couple of mishaps with like less, less than eh, and Wolverine origins. And, let's not talk about that. That was the movie that brought X-Men back to the forefront. And I think, I think, the critical response to that, we probably would have not gotten Deadpool had enough for this. I will say that. I, I really believe that. I mean, it was definitely an uphill battle after Wolverine. Oh, yeah. But I thought the Wolverine was like actually pretty good, like the 2013 one. It wasn't great. It was, I thought it was good for the most part. But this one, X-Men Days of Future Past, really just cemented and solidified like the 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 re the, the proper mutant verse in the movies and this this graphic novel these two comic books really proved it so i think it's a, if you're looking for another x-men story there's to go days of future past um ali are we boring you yet <laughs> i'm listening sorry uh, i got personal things i also have to deal with too i'm kidding i'm messing with you it's okay um all right now this might this might come as a surprise to some of you but I mean, given that my taste in the comic books have been kind of old, uh, the 20, I think 15 run of Avengers uh, Age of Ultron. Okay. I got to find it, though. Like, the comic book cover, like, uh, 
I actually have all the comic books from this run. Uh, it was from the oh, I forget what year it was. It was the 2013, 2013 mm. run of it. For whatever reason, it always stuck out to me, and I just kind of like really, I really like dug it. And I read I, this is actually like this is before the movie Avengers: of Ultron came out, and like it yeah. really shows how like Ultron can be. I'm, I'm gonna let Justin take over for a second, but go ahead. What do you got? Um, I actually don't know much about this one. Um, oh, all right. Well, wait, was this based off the like I know this was a comic, and this was based off this led to the Age of Ultron movie, though? Is it is mostly based it, off? It doesn't have much in common with the movie. I know that much. It, it it's really actually doesn't. more of a time travel movie. Yeah, oh, time travel really? movie. Yeah. So the whole uh, Avengers Age of Ultron is not this. Correct. No, wow. Joss Whedon came up with that on his own. Um, that sucks how they just I, used I the name Age much. of Ultron. I, I think it was like Ultron is taken over in the future. Wolverine goes back in the past to try and kill it and only makes it worse or something like that. That's all I know about it. JT. Sorry. It's a very... It's a Brian Michael Bendis story. Oh, that's, that's my thought. Um, I actually, this is the one that I, I, I always like the, the artwork, like how like the Ultron is like taking over the, like, the Ultron, like just kind of like takes over. Like he, he has a cap shield is broken. Iron Man is by his hand and like Spider Woman is down there. And it's actually mm. really and Hawkeye like is trying to defend himself. Um, I actually have this one, too. I actually have a Avengers 57 from 1968. Behold the vision. I actually have that. Oh, that's the first Avengers comic. No. I have I, I have a lot of the original Avengers books from like the sixties. I don't really like telling people that because other people are like, "Well, how much do you want for them?" Like, no, 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 no. So yeah, nice try. Exactly. Yeah, nice try. Um, but no, this is this Avengers Age of Ultron story. I thought was actually pretty good. The Brian Michael Bendis version from twenty thirteen was actually a pretty solid run, in my opinion. It was a brief Elseworlds kind of story thing. So the Red mm-hmm. Hulk was in it and. You know, and interesting stuff. I mean, it was nowhere near like the movie was a different story, but the this is like a different story from the movie to begin with. So if you're looking for a different Elseworlds Ultron story, this is one for the ages, in my opinion, at least. And it was, was it good? Yeah. Was the like the um like this like this for those you're watching us live? There's a picture. One of the comic book covers is Luke Cage. Holding She-Hulk, basically she's like knocked out or unconscious or possibly dead, and there's a ton of Ultron surrounding them. It's it, it it can get pretty dark. So hard to believe that in two years, Avengers: Age of Ultron, the movie will be ten years old. That's frightening. Oh but that's frightening. But this 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 is a great story arc. I like this one a lot. Nice. I had to bring it up. Um, sticking with the Avengers, I have a couple more that I want to go off of. Uh, Avengers Infinity Gauntlet, or is that, is that what it's called? It's just what? the Infinity Gauntlet, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Infinity Gauntlet storyline from like the 90s, no, the uh, comic book. Uh, this, though, this, this, I, this is iconic to me. This, just this picture alone, 
of the Infinity Gauntlet story. And this is a great graphic novel if you want to read it. If you're if you're a fan of graphic novels, this is a really good one to read. And yes. Silver Surfer plays a big role in it. Um, Justin, what else am I missing from here? So Thanos has gathered all six Infinity Stones and has claimed godhood. Um, and he's trying to use his newly claimed godhood to court Lady Death. Does this by um, wiping out half the universe. Um, Mephisto gets involved. Um, and Earth's heroes all try to gang up on Thanos, but Thanos kills them all in with ease. Thanos gets like a it is such an insane comic. Um, it really shows Thanos as a ruthless um, tyrant. Wow. You really see why he gets the Mad Titan um, title. You took uh, the word right out of my mouth, actually, um, with ruthless. This is a really good story. If you want to read, if you want to read a really good story, like period. Regardless of whatever story, like book it is, whatever. You're going to see a lot of your favorite uh, comic book characters die. Yeah, absolutely. Just like the Infinity Wars? Not just like it, but... Somewhat. Silver Surfer plays a big role in this, too, for those who don't know. I'll say this. The people who get snapped away, you don't see their deaths. Okay. Um... However, you do see so everyone. I'm wondering, else's like death. the whole snapping, it's not just like the blip where it was like only five years. No, 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 no. This all happened within the span of a day, I think. Yeah, so, the, like a day. so in other words, if they're dead, they're dead. No, they get br- brought back. They got brought back within a day instead of five years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the movie took liberty with that. Yeah, the movie took a lot of liberties. And just remember, three- four months ago, the blip ended. That's right. <laughs> Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Um, but yeah, the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Thank you for filling in, Justin. Great run. Great run. Great graphic novel. Great story. Great everything all across the board. Such a great story. Um, like and yet Adam Warlock plays a big role in this too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Um, yeah, he, he eventually claims the Infinity Gauntlet after Thanos loses it, and um, Nebula loses it as well. Wow. So yeah, you're looking for a very powerful graphic novel. Check out Avengers Infinity Gauntlet. Um, or Infinity Gauntlet, just not Avengers. Um, I got a couple more. Literally two more. That's it. And then we can go to your DC. Okay. Um, so. Speaking of Silver Surfer. Hmm. I absolutely loved the original run of Silver Surfer. Like the original, original run. His story is so fascinating to me. I mean, this is like the Stan Lee like run or the, the 70s run or whatever it was. Right. How he he Norrin Rad was a, was a being on his planet, and 
he makes a deal with Galactus to say, look, I'll become your herald if you don't um i'll become your herald if you save my world i will become your servant if you save my world from being you know eaten right that's a so so fascinating to me Mm -hmm. um for whatever reason i've always loved the character of silver surfer i would love to see him return to the silver screen Uh, I would love that. He's just one of those characters that's just, he deserves redemption too on screen as well from like the terrible, terrible run in, uh, in the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer movie. Oh so. my God. Yeah, he just, an, an iconic character too. Like, let's not forget this Galactus and the Silver Surfer came out of the Fantastic Four run of the 60s, which I'll touch on in a second. But like, mm-hmm. So many of so many great characters came out of that run. I'm going to touch on that in a second. But like Silver Surfer, I would love to see him taken. I would love to see Silver Surfer back in any capacity on the big screen. But if you're looking to read kind of like an Elseworlds Marvel story and like Marvel's outer space epic type of thing, Silver Surfer is one of them for sure. 100%. Great run. Uh, great story about him. Like basically like saving his planet, saving his race and becoming the silver surfer. So it's, it's pretty mm. cool. Pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, that's kind of like my, my two, my, my little touch on for a silver surfer. So, um, yeah. Um, anyways, Oh, this is a great cover too. Uh, for those of you watching us live, silver surfer, number four, him battling Thor from Asgard. Dude, oh, wow. That's a great cover. Like Silver Surfer's just attacking hmm. Thor in Asgard, pretty much. Whatever. Because Asgard was supposed to be eaten or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah, we're really nerding out tonight. That's okay. I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, so Silver Surfer, great character, great story. Love to see him back on the big screen, the silver screen at some point. Huh? Uh. Now, my last Marvel run, it's not really necessarily a story arc, but I just have always been a fan of the Fantastic Four. Marvel's yes. very first set of characters, everyone. Spider-Man came second. Fantastic Four was November or October of like 1961. 61. That's over 50 years ago or 60 years ago, excuse me. So you want to talk about like the origins of Marvel? Stanley did it right there, the Fantastic Four. So I'm I'm when I when I when I say Fantastic Four, I'm talking about the Stan Lee run from the 60s. Um, oh, okay. I that's actually like the first family, though, right? The Fantastic Four. They are Marvel's they are. first family. Now, how are uh, they even related, though? So, all right. So, so Reed Richards and Reed Sue and Storm are married. Uh, that Sue I and Johnny are siblings, and Ben Grimm is their best friend. Yeah. Oh. Marvel's very first family. Sorry, it was November of 1961. The Fantastic Four. Brought Marvel back to the forefront, but for a while there, DC was killing them with like Batman, Superman, all that stuff. So, I. But if you really want to talk, come back and talk to me about like Black Panther debuted in their in their in their yep. stories. Oh, Galactus crazy. came out of it. Um, Doctor Doom, Doom, the Fantastic Car. Name one of the seven. I remember this now because I read like a, a book about Stanley and all this. Well, Namor, 
was before the Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's correct. The Inhumans too. I actually have this. Yep. Comp- wow. I have Fantastic Four number 45, 46, and 47. That's the Inhuman story arc. It's I have probably it worth dough. It is. I have to find it to make sure it's safe. <laughs> no joke. Um, there was a story where the Fantastic Four actually battled the X-Men at one point. Wow. Uh, yep. Fantastic Four number 49, 40, 48, 49, 50. I actually had this one at one point. I don't know what happened to it. Uh, this, 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 the first appearance of Silver Surfer and Galactus were in this story arc. Yes. Um, then Fantastic Four fifty one being this man, this monster. Yeah, and actually, uh, number was uh forty eight. Uh, the at one point the thing battles Hulk. Like they were, the Fantastic Four had yep. a ton of stuff. The Fantastic Four had so many appearances. And yet that there's a new movie. Well, I don't know when the new Fantastic Four is supposed to be coming out because of all this casting issues and stuff. Right. Yeah. But I've always wanted to have this run of Fantastic Four. Like, there's a there's a lot of them I don't have. Like there's some that I just want, and I would love to have, like 48, 49, and 50. I had 51 point, but I, I don't know what happened to it. But I gotta like the the artwork that Stanley and Jack Kirby did back then. It like, was just incredible. So my last and final pick is this Fantastic Four story arc. Uh, the first 50 or 60 issues of Fantastic Four. I love the Fantastic Four. There were so many first appearances in that uh, in that first run, I think. Was it when Black Panther came out of it or whatever? I forget. Like There was so many iconic characters came out of this run. Mm. And it's like... It, 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 it's Fantastic Four, number four. Or no, number five. I'll say one of my favorites from this run was when they went up against the hate monger because that reveal was just perfect. Of course. Uh, Fantastic Four number five, first appearance of Doctor Doom. I mean, Doctor Doom is so iconic. I mean, but look at this. It's, it's, man, you want to talk about iconic characters being introduced in a comic book run? The original Fantastic Four. Yeah, so... That's kind of my last pick for now uh, of the Stan- the Fantastic Four run from like the sixties and stuff. Like th- these books go for a lot of money too. Like they like there's some on sale here for like, on, on sale for like five thousand dollars. It's ridiculous. Jesus. Try and get a good one for like eight hundred dollars, whatever. Like forget it. It's it's hard oh to. Oh my gosh! Let me get the money for those. Yeah, because they're they're original collectors' items. They're collectors' oh items. I can't believe it. All because Dr. Doom made a first dollars? Yeah, a lot of money. Wow. I, I've always tried to get one, but it's like, forget it. Honestly, forget it. It's so hard JT, to get. It's not worth it. I know, unfortunately. It's not. But yeah, anyways. My, that's my DC and Marvel stuff for um, is first for my DC and Marvel stuff for now. Uh, that, those are my picks. Uh, all of as follows. Hold on one sec. Uh, for DC, I had Crisis on Infinite Earths, Dark Knight Returns, Flashpoint, Killing Joke, Injustice, Gods Among Us, Superman, Doomsday. And for Marvel, I had Daredevil, Born Again, X-Men, Age of Apocalypse, X-Men, Executioner, Song, X-Men, Days, Days of Future Past, Avengers, Age of Ultron, uh, Avengers, Infinity Gauntlet, Silver Surfer, the original one, and the Fantastic Four, the 1960s run, as you can see here. Incredible <laughs> run of comic books that I love. Beautiful. All right. 
DC time for me now. Yes, I have Justin. no picks. I'm just here to comment. Uh, yeah, she, she's just Allie's here tonight for support. So, Allie, my first pick, you might actually be able to at least find the animated version of this. Okay. Um, that would be Batman The Long Halloween. There is a two-parter movie animated, which is part of that whole Tomorrowverse uh, universe of DC animated movies. Oh. Um, And it features uh, Jensen Eccles as Batman. Jensen Eccles. From Supernatural. Oh, Supernatural! You You said Long Halloween, right? Yes. Good. Okay. Um, basically, this is Batman meets the Godfather. Who all? Um, with all the craziness that you can imagine comes with it. On Halloween night, um, there is a murder of a prominent member of the Falcone crime family, and it was done by someone known as the Holiday Killer. Um, Batman, very early in his career, Captain James Gordon, and Harvey Dent, the newly elected district attorney, make a vow to take down the Roman, Carmine Falcone, and to take down Holiday. All the while, the Roman thinks that Dent is Holiday um, and is trying to get him killed and is trying to get Batman out of the picture by hiring all the super criminals that will soon plague Batman's life. This is also the origin of Two-Face. You see... Um, there was a rat for the Falcone family, and that ended up being Salvatore Moroni. Um, Moroni thought that um, Harvey Dent had his brother killed? Son? Hmm. I can't remember which. Anyways, really upset about it. So when he was testifying in court, he was pretending to take his meds, takes out a vial of acid and throws it at Harvey Dent's face. Scarring him permanently. Genesis saying Two-Face. This is an incredible run. Um, The ending is batshit insane and the reveal of who Holiday is will leave your jaw to the floor. Oh, and Calendar Man in this is creepy as hell. Hmm. Didn't the Robert Pattinson Batman draw from this a little bit? A little bit. There's a there's a suggestion in this comic that um, Selena Kyle was the daughter of Carmine Falcone. Oh, wow. So they 
drew inspiration to that. They drew inspiration from it being early in Batman's career. Hmm. But aside from that, not really. I wasn't sure. I know when we did our car review, it kind of like came out as that. So we, we mentioned that. So there were elements. Originally, it was supposed to be a straight up adaptation, apparently. Interesting. Interesting. But it is showing Batman meet his more colorful rogues gallery for the first time, like Poison Ivy or the Joker, Killer Croc, or and eventually Two Face. Yeah. The animated movie has a little bit more of a definitive ending than the comic does. So I'll just leave you with that, Allie. Oh, cool. <laughs> so that's all I have for a long Halloween. Okay. What's your next one? My next one from Batman to Superman for the man who had everything. Wow. The, sorry, what is it called? It's Superman what? Superman for the man who have every who had everything. Okay, got it. Who has everything. Go on. This wasn't this was a DC annual um Superman issue. So and this was by Alan Moore. Yes, that Alan Moore. Um and it's actually one of the few um, comics featuring Jason Todd before his death that people actually like. Oh well, yeah, we touched on him a little about like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in this, um, it's Superman's birthday. Batman, Robin, and Wonder Woman are visiting him at the fortress when they find Superman in this death-like trance being um, attacked by this thing called a Black Mercy that a villain known as Mongol unleashed on him. Hmm. Now, what the Black Mercy is, it shows the victim its greatest desires as it slowly kills him. Wow. Talk about Black Mercy, huh? Yeah. And when um, Superman has the Black Mercy on, he sees Krypton, his home, alive and well, never exploded. He has a son, he has a wife, his father is alive, yet is a discredited scientist now. And very bitter about it. But for all intents and purposes, he has the perfect life now. But none of it's real. And he's slowly coming to that realization, and it is 
heartbreaking when he has to tell his son that he isn't real. Wow. Think about that. That is sad. And when Superman is finally free from the Black Mercy, he is Yep, that's a great picture. Yeah. Oh, and then the Black Mercy gets on Batman. And he sees uh, his parents when they're going down um, Crime Alley that one fateful evening. Instead of his parents getting gunned down, his dad starts being the living shit out of the... uh, of the monger until Diana gets the Black Mercy off of him and things go as it did. Mm. This was actually adapted in Justice League Unlimited. Um, If you ever watch the animated series, great episode. I think I did at one point. And Alan Moore approved JT knows how hard that is. Yeah. It's hard. Hard stuff. So. All right. What is your next uh, DC pick? My next pick is Batman Superman Public Enemies by Jeff Lowe. I wonder if I I have heard of this. Yep. And they made an animated movie out of it. They did. And they made an animated movie out of the sequel um, out of the next story arc from this run as well, which was the Supergirl from Krypton. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, In this storyline, a giant kryptonite meteor is heading to Earth and President... Lex Luthor. Gonna let that sink in for a second. Yeah. President Lex Luthor declares Batman and Superman enemies of the state and asks for their immediate arrest while he and he's pretty much doing this as a distraction while he figures out a way to uh, to get rid of the meteor. In the end, what happens is Captain Adam sacrifices himself to stop the meteor. Um, Lex Luthor is seemingly killed in a skirmish between Batman and Superman. But it was his own doing, because of course it is. Yeah. You got appearances from heroes like Power Girl, Captain Atom, um, Starfire. It's it's a really fun storyline. Nice. And my favorite part of it is Batman Superman's inner monologues 
is yeah. nothing but them praising each other. Like this is the this is what makes you understand why exactly these two are like best friends. Mm. So really it really emphasizes those points a lot more. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. And that's probably my favorite part about this is it shows how much Bruce respects Clark and vice versa. Nice. Okay. My next pick, another Superman comic. Um, Superman, what's so funny about truth, justice, and the American way? Oh. Now, this was also adapted into an animated movie. But that's called Superman versus the Elite. I've heard about this. Go on. What this story is about is is a deconstruction and reconstruction of Superman's no-kill policy. Because Superman comes into contact with these uh, group of anti-heroes known as the Elite who goes the extra mile in killing criminals as opposed to allowing for due process. The public loves it, but Superman is distrustful. Um, it ends in a huge battle between them, and then Superman just goes into beast mode. He just seemingly decides, I know what you're talking about. Thank you. And then proceeds to just seemingly kill everyone in the elite. And at first, that's all you... Um, can you go to the picture um, to the left of what you have selected, please? Look at that picture. Is that a picture of someone you, you want to save your life Whoa. Or is that the last thing you're ever going to see in your goddamn life? Probably the last one. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, he's... He's seemingly killing members of the elite, like, crossing that line, and Manchester Black, the leader of the elites, like, you're no better than us. Look at what you're doing. This isn't you. And it turns out, Superman was Superman had everything under control the whole time. He didn't kill anyone. He just took them out silently yet very scarily. Um, And basically said, you know, as long as there's breath in my body, I'll never stop fighting for what I believe in. Wow. Crazy. But good. Yeah, this was when I first saw the Superman vs. the Elite um, animated movie, I thought, oh my god, this is 
insane. This is what I wish Man of Steel could have done. Okay. Um, Because this is this shows what Superman's no kill rule means to the world. It's relevance to the world. And why the world needs someone like Superman. As I mentioned many, many times in the past. Could not agree more. And my last entry for DC. Bring back good old Mark Wade again. Yeah. JLA Tower of Babel. Oh. I've never heard of this. You're going to have to go on. Tell me about it. Well, you, you'll you hear about it once I tell you what it was adapted into. Okay. This was eventually adapted into Justice League Doom. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. But instead of it being Vandal Savage as it was in Justice League Doom, it was actually Rachel Ghoul. Rachel Ghoul steals Batman's contingency plans for the Justice League. Batman's secret contingency plans that he never told any of the league members that he had in case any of them were to go rogue he could neutralize them wow. well now they've fallen into the wrong hands and they and they're enacting a plan to take them all off the board Superman gets exposed to a really dangerous dosage of red kryptonite um Aquaman is made afraid of water. Um, the Flash is seizing, has an insane seizure that's causing him to convulse at supersonic speed. Um, Martian Manhunter is constantly burning up, which is his greatest weakness. And Wonder Woman is being hypnotized to uh, fight an invisible enemy that's not even there until her heart gives out. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And it's up to Batman to... um, get to them first before they are neutralized and then to defeat Rachel Ghoul. Oh yeah, Plastic Man and um, Green Lantern are in this as well. Kyle Rain of Green Lantern. It's a really wow. fun story. Um, it ends in the Justice League voting on 
whether or not Batman should stay in the league. And he resigns. Hmm. It's a great story. It sounds like it. I, I I've never even heard of it, but I'm glad you're pointing this out to me because now I can spend some time and possibly get it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is from the late '90s, um, maybe a couple years before Infinite Crisis came out. Okay. And Allie, that's something completely different from Chris's on Infinite Earth. Oh. <laughs> and Final Crisis. Hmm. And Crisis in Time. And Dark Crisis. And Heroes in Crisis. Too many crises. There's a lot of crises. So, is that everything? <laughs> what was that? I just realized that that's so many comics I have to look into doing, into reading. Oh, yeah. Blue that's the one that's the one I'm right here. I'm paying attention to you guys. What's up? That's that awkward silence, you know. Sorry about that. No, I'm paying attention. I'm just like taking it all in. It's a lot to take in right now. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right, Justin, what do you got next? Uh, those are my picks. Oh, that's it? Yeah. I told oh, you was... five, five Marvel, five DC. Oh, I thought you had because I gave like you to criticize everything and comment and take in everything. I just gave like seven each. That's why I was wondering. So seven? Or six or seven. I forget how many I gave, honestly. Dude, you gave like nine for Marvel. That's true, actually. I did. Yeah, you're right. I did. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Anything else, guys? Or is that going to do for us? Well, you know, I'll be out next week. Um, I'm going away. And before I do that, I better do this reminder. Otherwise, Bill will kill me. Check out the Sports Insanity Network, home of the Sports Insanity Podcast, the Blitzers, Batter up hockey, football, wrestling, planes, trains, automobiles, and so forth. Check it out on all platforms. On all platforms. Um, we want to thank you all for watching, listening. However, you enjoyed us tonight. Hopefully, you got some good picks out of some really good. Um, hopefully, you got some interesting story or interesting stories to read from Marvel and DC. There were plenty others that we could have gone into as well that are not just Marvel and DC that I could have gone off on as well, but we just wanted to, we wanted to keep it strictly into Marvel and DC. So just bear with, thanks for bringing with us, everyone. Hopefully enjoyed the show as well. Um, I want to thank Ali and Justin for doing this podcast as well. They are two of the best to ever do it. In my opinion, I appreciate their efforts so heartily. Thank you. Um, and yeah, so that's, uh, but, um, Oh, and, and don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, simply at the super review show. Uh, check out our like merch store. To this video and turn on the notification bell. Yes. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where all, all of our content is. And don't forget to uh, hit this smash that subscribe button and click the bell for notifications as well. So tune in for all of us uh, next week for an episode of Mixed Bag right here on the Super Show. So thanks for it's watching. Gentlemen's Night next week. And yeah, it is. Allie's going to be out, as she said. So, But uh, Bill will be back. And, uh, and it's funny. 
last week I was out for because I, I, I thank you again for doing that because I, I had a family emergency come up. You missed a good episode. Let's put it that way. I caught the tail end of it. You guys were killing it. So, <laughs> proud of you. Proud of you. Guys. We can't wait for you to join for the 70s edition. I'm I'm stoked for the 70s edition. Don't worry. Um, but don't worry. I'll be back. I'm back now for the time being. Don't worry. We're, I'm back on mixed bag. I, I appreciate Bill and Allie and Justin though for doing last week without me. Now Bill's out for this week. Allie's out for next week. Justin, you got to go on vacation too. <laughs> oh, geez. Do I? No, you don't have okay. to. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but seriously, thanks so much for watching everyone. And we hope you guys had a good time. And so for all of us here at the Superview Show, stay safe. 